from bureaucracy's basement to your ears in compliance with memo ex 1063 this is the weekly meeting of the queen city improvement bureau on this week's meeting the traveler's building up in flames or just an illusion a lie by big fireman the thing uh what else is there anything else well then this meeting is now in session Okay, here we go. Yeah. You don't usually talk to me during the intro, so I was like totally taken off guard there. Yeah, well, I was standing. As you noticed, I was yeah. standing up during the intro. Yeah, that, that also took me off guard. And it, well, it took me off guard, too. Yeah, I, I saw entirely too much of your knees. <laughs> That's a little weird. But uh, yeah, I didn't know what to do with myself being like up in the air. Yeah. Like at least another foot. You got lightheaded, and I that's why light, you, like, yeah. you, you changed this, the thing up. Well, that's when you're when you're standing up in the basement, like you hit that stratum of air, which I think is full of like particulate matter. Yep. And uh, you don't want to breathe that in for too long. Yeah, no, you don't. Yeah. Generally, the best strategy in the basement is to just crawl around. Yeah. And, uh, on hands and knees. On hands and knees, or yeah. just like... With a rag over your mouth and nose. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Should we yeah. take attendance? We should definitely take attendance. Okay. Attendance, so... Ten... Sorry, I'm fiddling with the ENIAC here right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it may need a few vacuum tubes replaced. Yeah, yeah, and we need more, uh, more more of those punch cards. Good plan. Yep. We should... Do... You know, I make those. Do myself. you? Yeah. I right. just I just take old like dot matrix like printed reports, right? And then I just punch like holes in those cards at random. Nice. So we get like random data that we send yeah. upstairs. Yeah, they love us upstairs. They do. They do. They they love. That's that's why they communicate with us and pay us well. So tonight, uh, let's see who's in the meeting. We have um, who? Chaud Le Pen. Chaud Le Pen. Yes. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, not related to the uh, the candidate in the French election. I it, hope it's true. Yes, really. Yeah, half brother of Marine Le Pen. Really? Yeah. Oh no. And um, but curiously, not not a right wing racist for like oh that's not good. not for humans. Right. However, is is a Digu supremacist? A Digu supremacist. Yeah, Digus are like um, they're kind of like hamsters. Oh okay. But don't say that to show it. He gets. Screamingly mad yeah. if you like try and like, compare hamsters to degos in any way. Okay, I will make sure I don't do that. Okay, yeah, so yeah. he'll be on to talk about his program of uh, hamster uh, eradication and degus supremacy. Okay. Although I don't see him anywhere. Yeah, no, neither do I. It's pretty lonely down here tonight, actually. I'm thinking, yeah, I noticed. Um, okay, sorry, you know, I made a mistake. Uh, it should be not Chaud Le Pen. Mm -hmm. uh, should be Paul Deschamps. Oh, that's me. Oh, okay. And I don't have an opinion on Degus because I didn't even know what they were before this uh, before attendance tonight. They're delightful little animals. Are they? They really are. Are they good eating? Um, they might be. Probably not as good as guinea pigs. Right. Guinea pigs are fantastic. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. roast a guinea pig or two. Mm -hmm. um, don't tell the kids. Oh, I wouldn't. What, whatever, whatever you do. Um, but yes. Eat guinea pigs, hamsters too small. Digus mm. are fantastic companions and deserve, and deserve to like live free of like the hamster scourge. Okay, I think I you think know, you've been listening to the show a little bit too I've, much. I've been reading. You prepped a for this this interview. I've read his manifesto and it uh -huh. really spoke to me. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm, what was the title of that? <laughs> 
You don't remember, do you? <laughs> I think it was called the uh, the Hamster Cage of the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> I have not read it. Oh, uh, okay. Well, it's... If it's, it's a copy line around here. It'll, it'll change your life. Yeah. I found it actually, I was punching a hole like in one of the, in the printer sheets and discovered it was actually like the, a PDF of, of this uh, manuscript. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you win the attendance, by the way. Oh, uh, who else is, uh, sorry, we're not done with attendance. Okay. Um, also, um, Aiden Morgna. Aiden Morgna. Yeah. That sounds familiar, but I can't quite place who that could be. Uh, he's he's actually an Aiden Morgan uh, imitator. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm an impersonator. Aiden, there's yeah. an Aiden Morgan impersonator. Yeah, his name's Aiden Morgna, and he's going to come in to show us his best Aiden Morgan impression. Oh, yeah. that's exciting. I said, Is he playing the casino tonight? Uh, yes, probably not to, probably not to like, sold-out crowds. No. But <laughs> you sure? I I don't know um, because instead of like playing the casino, I came here. Uh-huh. Oh, wait a minute! I've been found out. I am Aiden Morgan. I can't. No, I'm not Aiden Morgan. You're Aiden Morgan. Oh, yeah. Are actually, you? I just realized that if you, I probably just got the spelling wrong. You probably did. And Aiden Morgan might not even exist, or maybe Aiden Morgan doesn't exist. I don't really. So know. you could be Aiden Morgan. I could be. And you've been misspelling your name all this time. I, that's quite possible. But you're here. Yeah. Either way. It would explain why my parents are named Morgan and I'm a Morgan. That would make a lot more sense, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then that whole story about them picking you up at the circus. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Aiden. I was an acrobat. Yes. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> uh, important thing that I wanted to uh, tell you about. I, we, we haven't talked about this in a long, 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 long time, but it's 557 days leak-free in the QCIB. Oh, my God. Are we talking, like, the boiler or information? No, I'm talking about cl no classified data has leaked since August 30th, 2015, when uh, Uncle Hadip snuck out with the uh, third quarter asphalt production numbers. Oh, my God. Oh, the embarrassment. I forgot about that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's it. That's all. That's all it is. No, no information leaks yeah, since 2015. Good. Well, any information that does pass through here, I generally punch holes in it yeah, for the for punch you. cards. Yeah. So most coherent info just doesn't emerge from this place at all. It's yeah. just random holes in, in yep. paper. So hopefully next, you know, it'll be another like 500 or 564 next uh, next meeting. Do you yeah. know that computer actually controls like the running of this city? Amazed that like things just haven't gone like straight to hell. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, that's why people complain about the light timing, though. I bet. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So the only other the only other thing about this is uh, so no no data leaks in 557 days. Perfect. Freon leaks. That's another matter. <laughs> yeah, it's been about 12 minutes. Leak free, but not but not not freon leak free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So freon leaks 12 minutes. Or you could call it an ongoing concern. Right. Well, when when we stop talking, it means we've collapsed from the freon gas. Yep. And then we'll. Oh, that just goes straight up. Don't okay. worry about that. Yeah, it just goes straight up. It goes straight. It just like makes a beeline to the ozone layer. So. Oh, good. good. Nothing to worry about here. S never mind. Screw that. Yeah, yeah. That's why I haven't like patched it yet. Plus, we're out of duct tape. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. We can well, let's requisition some. Yeah. So what's, what is on the agenda for, well, for this meeting? Um, I don't see any guests or something. We don't. We have no guests tonight, so no no, uh, no imp uh, improvement vector candidates, sadly. Huh. Yeah. Well, I say that everyone listening is an improvement vector. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they can, like, weigh in. Contact us on Twitter at, at QCIB. Queen, Queen City IB. Queen City IB. Oh, gosh, yeah. Queen City IB. Uh, if they have, like, any questions or concerns that we need to uh, deal with, because we've got a whole hour-long meeting to fill. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which we're gonna and just do. some, like, scribbled notes here. We're going to do a great job, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, well, the first thing that I thought we should talk about is I, uh, I snuck out of the uh, sub-basement last weekend for a little bit because uh, there was, like, this big commotion uh, out in front of City Hall. Oh. Yeah, starting at about um, noon on uh, Saturday the 4th. There was, like, I heard, like, tambourines and drums and people chanting and singing and a lot of stomping around. And I was like, hmm, sounds like a party. Sounds like a shiny circus. <laughs> so I, that was what I was hoping. <laughs> I wanted to see some men get out of some little cars. Wow, wow. Yeah. But uh, that's not what it was. Uh, it was actually uh, something much more actually disturbing. It was a rally put on, well, the... The official rally that was being put on was set up by the Canadian Coalition of Concerned Citizens. Oh, that's a great name because the CCC. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the good thing about the CCC is that yeah. it's obviously not something like the KKK. Yeah, they call themselves the three CCs. The three CCs. The three C. Yeah, I don't know. That didn't oh. work. Um, <laughs> they're the four Cs. Um, oh, now I'm hungry. Yeah. They uh, the, the name sounds pretty innocuous, Canadian Coalition of Concerned Citizens. That's kind of what you oh, want, four, right? Oh, four C's. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. The four yeah. C's. Okay. Yeah. They, um, they it's, it sounds like something very benign, right? Like, because concerned citizens, you want your citizens to be concerned and paying attention. Yeah. But the, the official name for their rally was the March for Freedom. Again, sounds totally wonderful, yeah. right? Who, March who doesn't freedom want freedom? Concerned citizens. Wow. Yeah, fantastic. And then you carry on reading. Uh, it's for all Canadian patriots. Oh, yes. I love, I love this country. Patriotism, yeah. That believe in freedom. I do. Liberty. Uh-huh. And justice. Oh, yeah. That stands against? I don't stand... Okay, I stand against all kinds of things. Well, these guys stand against specifically Sharia law and globalization. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, the code is start that they've been laying down is starting to fall into place. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like they've been... They were building a road there, like a really beautiful road, and it just yeah. went off a cliff right at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, they were there... Uh, basically rallying against Sharia law and globalization. Uh, they organized on Facebook. Um, I had actually noticed them on Facebook earlier in the day. Uh, their Facebook page consisted of a lot of people saying things like, come on, guys, we have to have numbers. We've got to have more than nine people there. So you knew it was going to be an awesome rally. Oh, of course. Uh, and there were, I think they actually beat nine. I think they made it to 12 people. Pretty good. Well, I was going to say with you there, there would be at least 10. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 13, as it turns 13. out. But no, there was actually a lot what more than that, happen? because there was a counter-rally. Nice. Yeah, by people like, you know, Saskatchewan anti-fascists and people mm. like that, who uh, objected to uh, the message that uh, the Co Canadian Coalition of Concerned Citizens were uh, were dropping that day. Because, of course, what they were actually talking about was Bill, sorry, not Bill, Motion M103. That yeah. is going through in uh, the federal government right now, which is a motion. Uh, well, I've got the, I've got it here. Um, I'll read it later. But uh, it's it's a bill about um, you know investigating uh, Islamophobia, racism, and uh, just anti-religious uh, sentiment within the country. Um, but they 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 don't like this. 
No. And I've actually, uh, I interviewed one of the people from the uh, Can uh, Canadian Coalition of Concerned Citizens, and I can play that interview right now here. Oh, boy, can you. I can. I can play it on 91.3 CJTR on the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Oh, yeah, we're joining community radio. Let's, let's hear this. Okay, thing. here we go. Is this the Coalition of Concerned Canadians? Yeah, is this there. breaking up? Is it breaking up? No, they're just moving over to... The oh, okay. No, okay. Do you, who's organizing? Everybody's kind of here. Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, is there anyone here who's, like, spokesperson-y who I could speak to? I couldn't talk to you. You could? Are you okay? Yeah? All right. <laughs> And uh, do you mind doing your Lori. Lori? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Lori, um, so what is the purpose of today's protest here for you guys? Well, we're protesting against Motion 103, which we feel is just the beginning of bringing Sharia law into Canada. Um, as a woman and a Canadian, I'm <laughs> totally opposed to this. As someone who's survived two abusive relationships, the thought of having Sharia law in Canada is the most disgusting concept I can think of. What would make you think that... Oh, hang on a sec. Okay, I am running. Uh, what would make you think that uh, uh, M103 would, uh, would be the start of bringing in Sharia law? Well, we already have hate crime laws in Canada. And I think M103 just specifically pulls out this Islamophobia thing that they've come up with. And I don't agree that any religion or any group should be special over anyone else in Canada. We're supposed to be a dem democratic, equal country, and this does not promote equality. It promotes division. Um, M103 is a motion, not a bill, so it doesn't actually do anything. It, it's actually just asking for an investigation into these things. Uh, how exactly would an investigation be bringing in Sharia law? I believe living in the country we're living in that this motion shouldn't even be brought before the parliament or anyone else for that matter because it is infringing on people's rights to speak how they feel. And when I see ex-Muslims talking about exactly what goes on in the mosques in Canada, it really worries me. And this is why I chose to come out today. But the the motion doesn't doesn't offer up any sort of special privileges it it's an investigation into uh, all kinds of racial and religious hatred i realize that but and why, how is that a problem because it specifically points out islamophobia don't you think though that there is like there is a rising tide of hatred specifically against especially against people who profess an islamic faith well, I think if there's a rising tide against Islam, a lot of it is because of the Islamic faith and the hate crimes and hate speeches that they have in the mosques. When you're calling for Jews and non-Muslims to be killed and gays to be killed, that's not the country I live in. And I don't want to live in a country like that where everybody has to look over their shoulder when they leave their house. Is that happening here? 
I believe it has in a couple incidences, uh, calling for the Lord's Prayer to be removed from the, uh, Brad Wall's opening speeches. And I'm not a churchgoer, but I believe that if you're going to have your religion and you want your freedom to practice your religion, that goes for everyone else in Canada too. So, okay. um, are you guys uh, saddened by the turnout today for you guys? Because you're, you're, you're dwarfed by the counter protest. Actually, I'm not. I'm just glad that people showed up to stand up for their country. And hopefully it'll be a peaceful rally. I don't want to call it a protest because it's a rally. And uh, hopefully people will start realizing that we need to stand up more for our rights. We've been a little too complacent, I think. Uh, what are you guys doing beyond this? Uh, beyond this, I'm not sure at this point. <laughs> so, so uh, are you guys just getting together for this, or is this a long-standing uh, organizing that went into this? I saw it announced on Facebook and decided that this was something. Because they're always saying, you know, instead of just making comments on your computer, get up and actually do something. So I'm getting up and doing something. And I think women in this country have a right to be worried about this motion, especially women and children, because... We're the ones getting the worst end of that if it happens. So, you know that a lot of people here, especially over there, the notion of Sharia law somehow coming into Canada, they consider that completely lunatic. I don't. I think when I've seen enough videos of Islamic people preaching in Dundas Square in Toronto and handing out hate literature and books on how to beat your wife properly, I don't think it's foolish to be worried. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So, that was uh, the Canadian uh, Concerned Citizens. I was going to say that I've heard worse things, but I, I, I cannot think of any. Yeah, that was a whole lot of... I, I've... I think I deserve a certificate for uh, being that civil. I, th I think I think that was quite the incidence that you experienced. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. Say that much. Yeah. Um, it, the the weird thing is when you when you listen to uh, Lori mm -hmm. talk. I mean, she says you know she's been in abusive relationships, and you get the sense that there's somebody there who's actually legitimately hurting. And legitimately That's a good point. Yeah. Things. And yeah. and it's and but. But clearly, she's been looking at nonsense online. Yeah, and you know, she, as you you're saying, you know, this is she's like, this is not the country I've signed. You know, I live in, and it's true, it really isn't the country. <laughs> that, 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 that and nothing that she in. said describes the country that she lives yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. mean, uh, so, so, so there, so there you go. Um, I just, I, I just, I'm just glad. At least the one good thing about that is there's only nine, of them. Yeah. nine to twelve. Of nine them. to twelve showed up. Uh, so that yeah. that at least is one small bit of consolation. Yeah, and they didn't look like Regina's power brokers either. So oh, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Um, I should. I'm going to read this. The the M103 from uh, MP. Uh, uh, Ikra Khalid. Uh, it's a private member's motion, and it's just a motion. It's, just, it's not a bill, so it has no has no weight of law behind it if it gets passed. Uh, the goal of it is to recognize the need to quell increasing public climate of hate and fear, condemn Islamophobia and all forms of systemic racism and religious discrimination, and take note of uh, sorry, a petition. Um, request that the Standing Committee on Canadian Heritage undertake a study on how the government could develop a whole government approach to reducing or eliminating 
eliminating systemic racism and religious discrimination, including Islamophobia, in Canada, while ensuring a community-centered focus with a holistic response through evidence-based policymaking. It goes on, but there is the word Sharia law is not in this anywhere, and none of what it suggests would impinge on people's ability to you know, speak about Islam or speak about any religion. It just would be looking, it would be a way to investigate, you know, incidents of hate and discrimination in the, right. in the country. And do and what it would do with it then is like produce a report. So how this is utterly terrifying and has been sort of by the rebel media largely uh, oh, the, right. um, yeah. as relevant. Yeah. Anyways, I spoke to the other side. And uh, I've got a little bit of my conversation there. Uh, I, I went across the uh, across the plaza, <laughs> and I'll play that now. Can I talk to you about all of this, or uh, can we just go over here, just so I can get like slightly better sound quality? Excellent, thanks. So, can I get your name, please? Sabrina. Okay. So, why are you out here today? Well, we just—I—I I heard an interview yesterday on CBC um, with both sides. Somebody who was uh, organizing the rally um, against this motion, um, and. And so I had my friends, you know, can you find on Facebook what's going on, you know, in terms of Regina? Just because, you know, and I think there's a lot of misunderstanding, like just listening to the person who was speaking, um, there was so much misunderstanding about what the motion was about. And it's looking at hate crimes in general, you know, like um, looking at like religious hate crimes and not not about, he kept talking about bringing in Sharia law and we can't have Sharia law. I'm like, that's not what any of this is about. Um, you know, and as a Muslim, I'm from Canada. I grew up here. I was born here in Saskatchewan and grew up here. Um, it just seemed ridiculous that, you know, they're putting forward that kind of idea and scaring people when really it's about hate crimes. And as Muslims, like, you know, now, like after Quebec, um, I do worry. I have four kids. Um, you know, grown-up kids that are, you know, in different parts of the country. And uh, and I worry. I worry about my daughter who's out east um, because she's visibly Muslim. She's got a headscarf on. And, um, and, I'm, and in my life, I've never worried about that, about being visibly Muslim in Canada. It was never something I worried about. And now I worry. Um, and I think that that's terrible that a Canadian should be worried about being a visible minority. I think that that's horrible. So, One of the people I was talking to over there said that uh, M103 is, is the start of Sharia law coming into Canada. Is that anything? As speaking, as, speaking for Muslims, is that anything we should be worried about? No. I mean, Sharia law is a concept more than anything else. And actually, we are, actually, Muslims are commanded we to follow the laws of the land so i as a muslim living in canada are obligated to follow the lands of the country that i live in so and that is not at all what this motion is about it's about looking into hate crimes to see what the stats are like and and if the statistics are showing that there is a lot of hatred and hate crimes in this country now what should be done about it 
that's all it's about. It's really got nothing to do with um, Islamic law or anything like that. Um, and I don't, I have yet to hear a Muslim saying that they want, you know, Islamic law imposed in Canada. We, we made choices to move here. Um, not we, my parents. I, like I said, I was born here, but we have to, we follow the law of the land. Uh, the, the counter protest seems to be a little bit bigger actually a fair bit bigger than the actual protest itself. Uh, how does that make you feel? I mean, I think it's amazing because I think in the end, um, most people in Canada, it seems to me, you know, that that as people are actually speaking out with racist views, majority of Canadians are thinking, okay, no, I don't actually stand with that. It's easy to be quiet and not say anything one way or the other when there's nothing going on. Um, but I think this shows truly what Canadians think, that we, you know, that concept of multiculturalism that was sort of introduced in, you know, the first Trudeau's era, um, that that's really how Canadians feel. And I don't think that he could have introduced that idea if that's not already um, the way Canadians feel. Um, you know, I think we've got a long way to go in terms of particularly with the First Nations community in Canada. There's a lot of negative attitudes there um, that we need to speak about more um, and work towards changing. But, I mean, the fact that this many people have shown up and everybody's... I mean, they're so, like, organized. They've got chants going and drumming. And yeah. I, I think it shows what Canadians really think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, which is heartening because, like I said, I've got my children growing up and I know during the last federal election and then the um, American election, um, my brother and I were talking. We said, you know, we worry that our kids are growing up in a very different country than the one we grew up in, where there were very few Muslims when we were growing up, yet we never felt out of place. We never felt um, any negativity from other people towards us. Um, so it's heartening to know that that's actually how most people feel. They don't want to see that kind of thing. That's not our Canada. Um, when I was speaking to them over there, uh, they they rattled off a list of, I would go so far as to say almost like conspiracy theories about Islam in Canada and about uh, what, what, what the Muslim faith represents. Um, how, do you, how do you counter this level of uh, sort of misconception about a community? And, and, and I mean, I think, I think it, it stands for like everybody. Uh, who's a minority in this country? That they're 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 widely mis misunderstood. Um, how does one counter that? You know, because because the thing is, is like I won't deny that. Yeah, worldwide we see all sorts of um, bad actions by people who call themselves Muslims, but also in the same way we see a lot of bad actions by all sorts of people. Um, how to counter? You know, the thing that I tell my kids all the time is just be a good person. You know, so that when they see you and they think, okay, that's a Muslim person, but like we had a really normal conversation and, and, and by, you know, participating in these kinds of things, like I know there's a lot of us that are doing, you know, we do talks to different communities, um, different organizations, like, you know, we often get phone calls, you know, can you come and do a talk on Islam to such and such? Or, you know, we did one at the library and these kinds of things. And just, it's about information um, because I find that people realize they have misconceptions, not, sorry, not all people realize that they have misconceptions, but many people do, and so they they want to know. So I, it, it's a, like everything, education and knowledge, and trying to encourage people to seek out information and and knowledge. Um, you know, and and you know, trying to like, you know contact Islamic associations around the country, and there's you know Muslim schools across the country that you know. Um, but 
and, but in the end, you know, people with racist attitudes, you know, if it, it's, it, it can be hard to change that. Um, but like I said, I think the majority of Canadians um, don't really feel hatred towards other people. They just don't have knowledge. So it's, it's about promoting knowledge. I'm, I'm a teacher. So to me, everything is about education. Um, everything is about education. So. Thanks a lot. That was awesome. All right. That was a chilling example of what would happen if Sharia law did come to our country. <laughs> Reasonable people speaking in the street. Yep. Talk, uh, you know, talking about education and tolerance. And, yeah. And, and, you know. um, we're going to have to uh, jump straight to the pre-recorded uh, Innovative Revenue Tools. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I can live with that. Okay. I'm going to do that right now. I'm Chad Novak with ChadForRegina.com. You're listening to Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR. All right. So there were the uh, innovative revenue tools for this week. Wow. Um, yeah, so we uh, those uh, those interviews went a little bit longer than I was expecting and uh, ate up the full... Uh, I still have more to say on the subject. How about I, you? I have more to say. Yeah, so we were, uh, before the uh, break, we were talking about the uh, Canadian Coalition of Concerned Citizens Rally on March 4th, uh, the March for Freedom uh, against Sharia law and globalization. Right. That was really just about uh, opposing Motion 103, private members' motion to investigate uh, hate crimes and uh, uh, religious and racial intolerance in the country. Yeah, and it's 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 timely uh, that they would be you know rallying against you know Islam, considering that um, a, you know in Quebec. Uh, People, you know, mosques were shut up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so I'm glad they came out to say something, you know, definitive about it uh, in the wake of in the wake of like killings of Muslims. Yeah. 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 This 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 enormous tragedy where, you know, people lost friends and family. And the response of some people has been to um, to make them feel even worse and more threatened. Yes. It's a, yeah. it's kind of an outrage, um, and a thing that uh, Sabrina, who uh, was one of the counter protesters at this, we were, we just listened to her before the break. Um, one of the things she said that really struck me, um, I asked her how do you um, how do you counter this ignorance about you know, about Islam and about people of other uh, races right. and cultures, and she talked about how she you know has to say to her kids, uh, you know that they should be good people, as though in some way her kids are representing all of Islam. Now, I grew up in Ontario and was raised Roman Catholic and uh, from a, a French-British family. And at no point did my parents in my entire life say, Paul, you be a good kid because you're representing Catholicism and Britain and, 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 and Quebec and France. <laughs> at no point did they ever have to say that to me that's because good. that's absurd yes. that a kid has to has to behave well because they are you know, some kind of representative of their race or their religion, and that people in this country feel that they somehow have to behave better uh, because of, of who they are and because they're a minority, um, it, it, it makes me quite cross. I agree. Now, my, my parents did say to me when I was about eight years old, they said, Aiden, you have to be good because you represent, like, all those like small, swarthy, uh, bald, half Portuguese men out there, and I said, "I'm not bald," and they laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> uh, so, so maybe, and they they had a point that I didn't 
didn't quite grasp at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Only because they knew some part of my future. This joke would be funnier for the people at home if it was TV. It would be. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I'm bald. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, or am I being ironic and I have, I have like <laughs> long leonine tresses? <laughs> That's you, Aiden. That is you in a nutshell. Um, so yeah, I don't know where to go with this. I'm, I'm kind of agog that this, that this happened here. I'm, I'm pleased that it was only 12 people versus, uh, I had to leave early, um, because of the weather, uh, but it was it, when I left, there were at least I'd say fifty or sixty counter protesters. Um, and when when I did these interviews, it was right at the beginning. Things were supposed to run from twelve till two. I showed up at twelve and did these two. Uh, had these two yeah. conversations and then left shortly after. So there were still people coming to the counter protest. I did not see the um, the the legions of Canadian uh, concerned citizens uh, expanding. Yeah, well, I mean these are these are these are sad, lost, ridiculous people who yeah. will believe will believe in this like nonsense, no matter what information you give them. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that um, there is some some of them probably took some pleasure in seeing the numbers of the counter protest, hmm. the counter rally, interesting, because they it would just confirm themselves as being part of this persecuted minority, which when really that's what Muslims seem to be. Yeah. And, yeah, there's such a tiny percentage of the country to be having so much opprobrium heaped yeah. upon them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is true. Well, we know that they've got the moves, but uh, the counter-protesters had the motion. Yes. <laughs> and when they got together, yes, they were causing a commotion. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? Uh, just on that, on that, <laughs> on that, on that profound note. On that profound note, it wasn't actually a commotion. Uh, the um, um, I know there were some pictures of some squabbling uh, in the Leader Post about this. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't witness any of that. In fact, I saw people from the counter protest, um, you know, sort of come over and have very civil conversations with the, uh, the 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 March for Freedom people, and you know, sort of like suggest that they stand over <laughs> to one side right. so that so things wouldn't get out of hand. And I don't think they would. I. Um, uh, full disclosure, uh, the Queen City is a small city, and um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of knew some of the people in the counter-protest. You, you didn't know any of the, uh, of the from the coalition? Not really, they no. They're not your friends no. or family? No, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, no, so I had, uh, had, like, a lot of the people who are in the counter-protest, they're the kind of people who show up at city council meetings, for instance. Right. And speak about homelessness and uh, housing and things like that. So right. these, are, these are genuinely concerned people. Right. Right. Yeah. So would any of these people, do you think they'd be concerned about trying to, any from the coalition, would they be the kind to be concerned about trying to get a pint of milk and a leg wax? I think that's exactly the kind of thing that they'd right. be worried about. But they can't yeah. do it because there's a mosque or a prayer yeah, hall, like a prayer hall. Blocking, the, blocking the leg waxing place. Yeah. I, I never could quite figure out what, what that was all about. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a deep, that's a deep QCIB yeah, cut there. Yeah, deep cut QCIB, yes. Yeah, from earlier, from last year when there was a, an attempt to put in a prayer hall in a strip mall uh, that was successful. Uh, but the community came out, 95 community people signed a petition saying they didn't want a prayer hall in their neighborhood because of the garbage that it would generate in their neighborhood. Because people, I remember they throw things out of their windows. Oh, their cars. When the doors cars. are open, they... The doors they, are open. They just, yeah. they just like, let garbage out into the yeah. streets. And then when good uh, white Christian people just want to get a pint of milk and a leg wax at the convenience store, Sharia law. Right. 
is just there. Yeah. Just shariaing all over their dreams of, of, yeah. of smooth legs. You know, oh, man, we shouldn't really be talking about such an old episode. That people <laughs> will have no idea what we're I talking know, about. But um, it was interesting with the, the prayer hall to see, uh, you know, uh, to see these conspiracy theories form in front of your eyes. You know? just, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's like it's like somebody it's like a neurological condition of somebody who just who has no like memory beyond two minutes. Yeah. So they have to constantly create and fill in their reality. Yeah. So when you actually try and sort of probe where their ideas are coming from, they can't just say that oh, no, we're just horrible racist people. Yeah. So they have to sort of constantly fabricate things to like paper paper that uncomfortable fact over. Yeah. 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 The lesson that people who are listening should learn about this is that they should go to uh, www.queencityib.com mm -hmm. and listen to our old episodes. So they will know what we're talking about when they tune in to the show. See, I think I can talk about whatever I want okay. at any time. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. So, anyways, do you have any summary comments on the uh, March for Freedom? I think that, like, uh, my my uh, they've got the moves they've got yeah, the motion. Yeah, that, that was your summary. That, that was my summary comment. We okay. just kept going after that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, just personally, I just like to note that I'm a fan of M103, and I hope it passes uh, unedited. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, yeah. All right. What else do we have on the agenda tonight? Uh, well, something, some part of the downtown got awfully toasty. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't toast. Yeah. Or so there's a little joke. I, you'll notice that I included travelers building burning to the ground under outstanding improvements. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we joke around oh, at the QCIV. We do. But we take our jobs very, very seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this happened uh, late on Tuesday evening at uh, 10 o'clock. On a balmy Tuesday evening. Yeah. Balmy, uh, balmy Tuesday evening for Hoth. The ice planet. <laughs> it was a miserable night. Um, I spoke to Lane Jackson, the acting fire chief, and he mentioned that uh, they got a call at 10 p.m. on March 7th. They were with, on the scene within 10 minutes, and the Travelers Building, this old brick building on Broad Street, was on fire. And when they showed up, there was already smoke and fire uh, obvious from the roof. Mm -hmm. So they were not going in to try and uh, stop to save the building. At that, by the point they got there, and this is four minutes after they got the call, uh, it was already beyond uh, repair, beyond saving. They set up around the building uh, and were spraying water into the building. The goal being simply to save the save the neighboring buildings. Oh, of course. Yeah, and save any people who were like uh, you know who were imperiled by this fire. But it was he said it was a huge blaze. It was a stubborn fire that lasted all night long. It was brutally cold for March. Mm. It was incredibly windy, making it even worse. So the firefighters were out there on a frigid March night, the whole night, uh, spraying water from hoses onto a onto a fire that was. The Travelers Building is an old building that's had its apparently had its windows open for a long time, and is apparently filled up with pitch and poop. Yes. So they weren't just putting out a fire in the winter; they were putting out a pigeon poop fire. Yeah. In the winter. A pigeon poop pyre. A pigeon poop pyre. Yes. And so I cannot imagine a more miserable job than that. 
mm-hmm. and that they had to that they had to go through this uh, for it sounded like twelve hours that they were at work doing this, That's and it's crazy. incredibly dangerous for the for the uh, fire department yes. to yeah. have to battle this fire. Shout out to actually shout out to the to the good work of, uh, of the fire department. I mean, that's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, we're heroes here in the Queen City Improvement Bureau, right? But they they are improvement vectors. They are definitely Damn. improvement vectors. We should set up a we should put together a certificate and send it to them. <laughs> They'll totally get the joke. They, they would they would love that. Yeah, they they would absolutely love that. Um, so, anyways, for people who don't know what uh, the Travelers Building is. It uh, it's an old it was an old brick building, uh, and it was a heritage building. Uh, only the exterior of the building had been designated a heritage building, but it was a municipal heritage building. Uh, in uh, 2001, the bylaw was passed making it a heritage building. Uh, it was built in the early part of the 20th century by George Broder, and if that name sounds familiar, he was a prominent uh, business person in Regina's early history, uh, responsible for the construction and sale of 200 homes. In, uh, on what was his former farm in east, east of Winnipeg Street, and this is Broder's Annex. Huh. So, I thought George you were going to say this is Eastview. No. I, no. That makes no. more sense. Yeah, yeah. Broder's Annex. Uh, and so he, uh, his company built the, uh, the Traveler's Building in 1929. It was one of the last commercial buildings completed in Regina uh, during the last half of the uh, 1920s. There was a building boom, and then the Great Depression and the Second World War hit. Right. The building was built to accommodate a variety of mixed tenants. Uh, the main floor was originally an auto dealership and a repair service. The second floor had a ballroom, which apparently, the Acadia ballroom, which apparently had uh, one of those horse hide, um, not horse hide, horse, horse hair. hair. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a grisly dance floor. <laughs> Many horses died so that we could dance. No, it was horse hair and uh, a dance studio. So the famous... Um, uh, the famous dance hall, Manitou Beach. Yeah, the dance land of Manitou right, Beach. Right, dance yeah, land. So we had a dance land here in Regina. In fact, we had one until Tuesday. Yes. Um, I mean, it's apparently it's been there's been a lot of like pigeon poop in that particular dance hall for a long time. Right, pigeons dance. That's true. Yeah, and they like a nice springy floor. They strut. Yeah, they strut and they dance and they poop. Um, so the, the other cool thing about it is that there were a lot of small offices on the second floor, and these accommodated traveling salesmen who could set up temporary offices where they could display their wares or where they could call clients, and hence the name, Traveler's Building. Building. Yeah. So, yeah, it, uh, it went up. It until, well, I mean, it's still, the, the property was owned by 240 Argyle Street Properties. Um, it... Uh, and it's been owned by them since uh, 2005, so they are sort of the people who have not been, who've done nothing to maintain it right. for the last 10 or 12 years. <laughs> before that, though, for one year before that, it was owned by the city of Regina. And they just gave it away. Well, rather, they sold it. That's the question. Um, I did speak to the, uh, um, spoke to, hang on a sec, I got a note here, uh, Fred Searle, the manager of current planning for the city of Regina, and I asked him about this. Um... His suspicion was that the building... Uh, oh, no, that wasn't his suspicion. That was somebody else's suspicion. Uh, so it's my suspicion that it was purchased off the previous donor because of a failure to pay property taxes. That's ah. usually how the city of Regina comes into possession of a building. Ah, um, and then within about 10 to 14 months, it was then sold to 240 Argyle Street Properties, as far as I could tell from a, a land title search. Um, so I guess the, the question is, uh, apparently this never came to council, this purchase and sale. 
these kinds of uh, transactions are usually just handled by the real estate division. Hmm. So um, an, an, an unanswered question at this point is, um, if this was, this was a heritage building and had been a heritage building for about four years at this point, and that the city didn't seem to take some responsibility in selling this building to ensure that it was going to an owner who had the best intentions to maintain this heritage property. Right. So that's disappointing that that happened. Um, and as I said, I'm still looking to find out why that happened. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyways, I spoke to a bunch of people about this. One of the people I spoke to was Fred Klipsham, former, really? former Ward 3 councillor. Um, because uh, he had actually, back in the 1980s, in 1984, he opened a thing called the Employment Co-op with his buddy, uh, Gene Himbold. Now, that that was a discotheque, if, if my understanding is I right. think it was. Jesus, I just about spilled water all over everything. Uh, my computer, Amber, not anything else. <laughs> um, the... Uh, so a, a business that opened in Regina called the Job Shop. He was uh, Fred was saying that this is a really dark time for um, for just people get finding jobs in Regina. Mm -hmm. And there was a company called Job Shop that opened, and they would you'd have to pay to go in there, and then you could look at a board of available jobs. And Fred and his buddy Gene thought this was ridiculous, so they set up the employment co-op where people could come in, and they could. It was kind of like the Job Shop, but people didn't have to pay right. the way they did at the Job Shop. So they needed a place for this, though, that was, like, cheap, that they could afford, because they were just punks who needed a place to, you know, find people work. Right. I don't know if Fred was a punk. <laughs> I suspect he was a punk. Some kind of young punk. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I'm not too worried. I can say anything, because I know he's not listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau right now on 91.3 CJTR, Regina oh. Community Radio. At least I suspect he isn't. And that's on the FM dial. Yeah. So uh, Gene had a friend at Lloyd Rogers, uh, with Lo in Lloyd Rogers of Lloyd Realty, and Fred describes Lloyd as, Lloyd was the king of the C-grade properties in Regina. <laughs> um, and yeah, Lloyd had a, had some space in the, the Travelers Building, and they opened up the, uh, the employment co-op there. Uh, and uh, Fred talked about how when they opened the door to their office, they, he said that there was shag carpeting up the walls and that there were two telephones. One had the name on it taped, uh, one had a name taped on it that was Brandy with an I, and the other had Randy on it with an I. So obviously it was the headquarters for some kind of call girl operation. <laughs> so anyways, they ran, uh, they ran the uh, employment co-op there for a few years, and uh, then that shut down. Um, he said, Fred was saying that in the mid-80s, the building was in pretty terrible shape already, um, that there was pigeon poop in the ballroom, and uh, that nobody, it was never properly maintained. Nobody had a use for it. And he also mentioned that there was a ghost, that somebody had been pushed down the stairs at one of the dances, and uh, that the rumor was that there was a ghost in the building. Hmm. So, a ghost has been made homeless by this, by this fire. Whoa. And probably haunts that lot is now on the loose, roaming the city looking for a new place to haunt. So, everybody tonight, open your doors and let a ghost in. Because mm -hmm. you never, because it's cold out, and ghosts, ghosts need, you know, they need yeah. housing and shelter. And you really, else. really don't want to anger a, a ghost. No, a homeless ghost. Do you want a ghost that's going to punch you on the street? No. No. No, absolutely not. Or haunt you on the street. Just haunting our streets. <laughs> Broad Street's probably now haunted. Uh, <laughs> another reason not to go there. Um, so, let's see. Uh, one of the things that I asked Fred uh, is, what's going on with Broad Street? Because 
nobody has been able to find a use for the Traveler's Building for all these years, and that's why it's never been upgraded. Right. Um, and there's so many sort of like, you know, properties in states of dereliction along Broad. There used to be a heritage-worthy warehouse, apparently, that was torn down so they could put up a concrete slab of a parking garage. Hmm. Nobody seems to be able to make a go of it. Fred's only suggestion was that... Um, about you know the question of why Broad won't revivify itself is that it doesn't have on-street parking from 7:30 to 9:30 or from 3:30 to 5:30 because there's a bus route. Oh, okay. which I think is an interesting theory, because one of the things in urban planning is that you know on-street parking in a commercial district is really important for the vitality of that district because people do want to be able to park on the street and just having those cars parked there make it look like it's busy. Right. So you can see the need for a bus lane but it comes at the expense of broad street and it's also something to think about when people are talking about taking out uh, on street parking on 13th to put in a bike lane good point yeah so what else uh when i spoke to fred searle he mentioned that they had been in discussions with the owner about his intents um that they've had an ongoing dialogue for years with the owner the last time they had a dialogue though he mentioned was like uh he said the discussion was within the last month well, I um, guess I guess we don't need to have any more dialogue. No, no more dialogue. So yeah. that's going to free up some time upstairs. <laughs> um, Di- Dialogue-free times. Yeah. And another disturbing thing about this is that the city does have um, powers to force buildings that are heritage buildings to get fixed up. I, I mean, beyond just like the bylaws about keeping your properties up. Um, uh, the city under the Heritage Act. So when you de- when the city declares a, a building a heritage building, um, the under the Provincial Heritage Act, uh, that means that that building can no longer be altered, restored, repaired without you know without conforming to its heritage designation, and it means that if that building goes derelict, then the municipality can order repairs be made. And if the owner refuses to do that, the city can step in and make those repairs. And that there are ways for the city to recoup those costs um, and by registering an interest against the property. So if they spend like 20 bucks, you know, fixing a light fixture, they could put a $20 interest against the building. Or if they have to spend $100,000 fixing the building up, they could basically end up owning the building. So the city never opted to do that. According to Fred Searle, um, the manager of current planning, he was saying that the city's um, the city's policy on the, this on heritage buildings is to provide incentives. It's a carrot versus a stick, basically. Right. Yeah. That they don't opt to, you know, to invoke these more serious actions. Uh, they would rather try to incentivize. So they have grants. They have like property tax exemptions. That and you know that's probably why this building got the heritage designation. Mm-hmm. So that wh- whoever owned it would have access to this money to try and fix it up. And right. but nobody ever did over the twenty plus years, thirty plus years that it just sat there, you know, becoming mm-hmm. a home for pigeons. And I guess like the thing that irks me about this more than losing a heritage property is that because it was derelict and because it was not maintained this fire happened like there's a clear like chain of negligence here that led to this building burning down and that put our firefighters in a lot of danger mm-hmm. you know in a lot of potential danger and their comfort was certainly very much actually compromised that night uh they had to do a miserable job that night because that building had not been maintained so i think that's a i think that's a horrible tragedy and i hope that uh i don't know something's learned well I also think, yes, I, I agree. And I think one of the things we need to, like, 
think about here is we need to address the elephant in the room, which is that the Traveler's building was made of bricks. Mm-hmm. And bricks don't burn. That's true. So what is going on here? Hmm. That's an interesting question. You know what I think? Okay, I want to hear it. I, th- <laughs> I think this might have been a massive false flag operation. Oh, my God. Yeah. For... Sharia big law. Oh, yeah, big, big, uh, big big brick and uh, yeah, big big fire prevention and of course Sharia law. Yeah, they're all in league with each other. Yeah, you know what I think was going on is that it was being held up by wood. Those bricks were being held up by wood, and they were just the facade. And that's why they had to knock it down. Actually, that's the end result: is that the the core of the structure was burned down. And uh, according to um, dang my notes, uh, our acting fire chief Lane Jackson said that. Uh, they had to knock it down. They couldn't save the facade because the structure that held those bricks up was gone. And so they had to knock it down or else it could have caved. It could have fallen onto the sidewalk, basically, or onto either of the adjoining buildings. So, And Casa Italia, is it? Casa Latina? Uh, Casa Latina, no. Yeah, it was on the south side of that building. And right. so if it had caved to the south, uh, that would not have been good for the one story tall. There would have been a lot of, like, like linguine that... Ella Vongola that couldn't would not have been eaten. Exactly. Wow. Oh, I'm really hungry. Uh, <laughs> but yes. Uh so we can we can both agree that uh that it was Sharia law. Yeah. That's their yeah. Somehow. Somehow. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna agree to that. <laughs> I will not. It's just a joke. <laughs> Anyways, there was more stuff on the agenda, but I don't think we need to do it because we've run out of time. We have. And yes. we had like a really, so there was no Improvement Vector candidates tonight, and we just ended up with like a really heavy episode we, for some reason. I, I know. A lot, lot, of, lot of things on the agenda to discuss yeah. in this week's meeting. Well, should we call it? Oh, no. Before we call it, we should talk about oh, yes. that uh, other innovative revenue tool that we didn't have time for in the first half. Of course. Do you want to do it? Uh, yes. I would, I would oh, love awesome. to talk about this week's innovative revenue tool, which is the CJTR 2017 Look and Listen Lottery. It's a choose-your-own-vacation package. Uh, the theme this year is Share the Coast. Uh, the grand prize is a uh, vacation in either um, one of the four places, Halifax. Victoria, Portland, San Francisco, all wonderful places, all within easy access of lots of salt water. You can pick your salt water, Atlantic or Pacific. It's up to you. And also you get um, $500 spending cash, flight and flight and accommodations, uh, which is wonderful, courtesy of Carlson Wagenli Rickert Travel. Uh, second prize is a $1,000 travel voucher from Carlson Wagen Lieberker Travel. Third prize is the Regina Folk Festival 2017 Experience, which is two weekend passes to the 2017 Regina Folk Festival. Um, grand prize, or grand prize draw date is, uh, I believe, what is the draw date? There's an early bird prize. I believe it's in May is the draw date. May 4th. 2017. Tickets are $20 each. You can get them at CJTR. Just call in for your 6-525-7274 or go to cjtr.ca slash donate uh, and you can get yours $20 each and there's only 1500 so your chances are at least 1 in 1500. Think about it. You buy two, it's 1 in 750. Like your chances go up astronomically with every ticket that you buy. They do. So yeah, let's do it. Or if you buy directly from us by... Uh, contacting us on Twitter at Queen City IB, uh, you can actually, uh, you'll get like your own uh, title uh, from us as a regional director, uh, MOF, 
grandma off if you buy two, or if you buy a whole book of five, you can become a Lord Darth Vader. We will we will make that happen. You'll get a certificate from yeah. us. So it is all official. It's all official. So yeah. And that's our innovative revenue tool for this week. Yeah. And now we should call for adjournment. All right, I call. I second. Motion passed. Meeting is adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Your hosts have been and still are, of course, Paul Duchenne and Aiden Morgna. Uh, Morgan. Uh, uh, music is from Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire. You can find us on, on cjtr.ca slash podcasts or on iTunes under Queen City Improvement Bureau. Also, we can be found on Twitter at Queen City IB or on our website, queencityib.com, or even on Facebook. Just type in the old Queen City Improvement Bureau, and we will be there. Coming up next, we have the Nerdcore Cabaret with Maddie V, followed by the cockpit. Keep on improving, Regina. <laughs>